30 years ago when I was training as a cook and said you would be married to a garlic farmer living in the north of Scotland. I said, don't be stupid. Welcome to my podcast, Spirit and Spice. I'm Gilly Bashan, a writer and broadcaster with a passion for food. Not just the food on my plate, but the people and the stories behind it. When you think of farming in the Scottish Highlands, garlic is not really the first thing to spring to mind. But here I am with you, Jilly Allingham. You have this amazing company called The Really Garlicky Company. Why on earth did you start with garlic? You may well ask. It's not an obvious crop to be growing in the north of Scotland. Um, about 20 years ago, Glenn was um, at a meeting of Scottish farmers at the Scottish Agricultural College. They were looking for farmers to take part in some crop diversification trials. They were looking for different things for people that you could possibly grow in the north of Scotland. Um, amongst um, ideas for growing borage and daffodil bulbs and garlic was one of them. Anyway, when they said garlic, Len put his hand up and said, okay, well, maybe have a go at that. And he came home from this meeting that evening and said, well, we're growing potatoes, but we're now going to grow garlic as well. And I thought, wow, that, that would be fun because we I love eating and cooking with garlic. Um, my background is I trained as a, as a cook at Leith's um, School of Food Cookery in London and ended up in Scotland cooking around the north of Scotland in shooting and fishing lodges and met Glenn through, um, I was working for his aunt and uncle. And that's how we met. So, um, so it's a real it's husband been, and wife mm, team. Well, it's always been the family joke that Glenn married below stairs. <laughs> <laughs> and I, so he fell in love with my cooking as well as me. So well, I, you know, I think that that's the way to many a man's many heart. Many a man's heart. But you know, thank goodness Glenn knew the difference between a daffodil bulb and a and garlic, garlic bulb. bulb absolutely. My father was once so ill because my mother left him for a few days and had dishes kind of prepared for him but you know said there's onions there there's garlic there chop it up and pop it in and he did and he, and and he was and he, thoroughly he, really he went Ill. he went into the packet yes, of daffodil bulbs um, he was thoroughly ill also they would be poisonous I they are no, yes no well i think they are i mean yeah. i don't think even well, the mice eat them when they're stored <laughs> well i must oh, say his dear. taste buds are always a bit dubious well, yeah. but, uh, but anyway at least glenn knew the difference well he knew the difference but we didn't know how to grow it i mean this was a completely new total new animal for us um so we've grown potatoes um as the main part of the business for the last 40 years his father started off growing seed potatoes and we, once we did a bit of sort of research, we thought well, this might fit in quite well with our farming calendar in that we plant the tatties in March and we harvest in September. So we've got this sort of gap between, well, October is when we plant the garlic. So when we've finished harvesting the tatties, we're then on to planting the garlic. And then through the winter, when we're grading the potatoes, the garlic's growing and then we harvest the garlic um, in, in July, so before we've harvested the tatties. So it sort of means that we're busy all year round. There's no, there's, no, there's no gap at all in the farming calendar. The, the Also, what well, you say about rotating, we rotate the crops anyway. The potatoes are on a five-year rotation. The garlic is, is, is similar as well. So we're not going to grow um, the garlic in the same field um, again for another five years so we can follow either with potatoes or wheat or barley 
with the other with the other crops that we grow as well. So it sort of worked in. We thought, well, this you know this could actually fit in quite well as a as another uh, another crop. Um, we did lot of research um, on, on the internet. I mean, this was now 20 years ago, so there was actually quite limited information um, back then. Glenn found a farmer in Canada, in Ontario, that grew garlic. And we thought, well, Canada, you know, it's maybe similar climate to, to Scotland, because obviously the garlic we were going to grow couldn't be the same as in the south of France or Spain, because our climate is so totally different. So once we realised that there are hundreds of different varieties of, of garlic, we ended up growing what's known as a hardneck porcelain garlic. So the hardneck, and you can see from the bulb that you've got here, has got a hard stem in the centre um, and one ring of cloves around that central stem. Softneck garlic, which is more commonly grown in Spain and France, has got two or three concentric circles of cloves without that central stem and so in the middle you end up with the tiny little cloves I don't know if you've had a bulb where you've got these tiny yeah, tiny bulb yeah. cloves in the middle and you almost have to put them in holes well, into just, stock or yes, something don't I mean, you you know that there's such a fiddle to even bother peeling that you either just and those cloves look fat and juicy mm -hmm. plump yeah and so is hard neck always hard like that hard neck has always got the big cloves so this bulb here's one two three four five it's only got six cloves but they're big cloves so it makes it fantastic for roast if you're doing a roasted roasted vegetables put in the whole cloves and they will actually keep because they're so plump they'll keep their structure they're not going to just shrivel up into little raisins make so, lovely roast make, garlic oh, pastes and things oh, I mean, that's gorgeous the best thing is is roasting a whole bulb and then squishing mm. it out with your fingers you have the quote it's chic, chic to, to reek, reek. <laughs> do you do you actually reek then with this quite well, amount of garlic <laughs> we eat a lot of garlic and we do find people still talk to us that they are not walking down like there in high street and people are sort of whew. although when i was in the post office earlier on i had boxes of garlic i'm sending to people that have ordered off the website and there's one lady in the post office that really doesn't like garlic at all and she'll take my boxes and literally put them to the back of the office ready for the postie to come and pick up the other lady says oh i feel so hungry every time you deliver your boxes it makes me feel that like i want to go and make spaghetti bolognese when i get home tonight so yeah there are some people that love it and some that hate it i personally don't worry about what <laughs> whether i'm Reeking or, Reeking or not. Yeah, but I think I think it's that thing where if everybody eats garlic, you don't notice it on each other anyway. Exactly. So in your family, you probably all think, think you smell should. delicious. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Going back to the potatoes, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, I was at your farm mm -hmm. earlier and you have just crates and crates and crates yes. ready for your potato harvest. It's like a wall of boxes. So there, how many tons of the... potatoes are you producing? Oh, so we grow... 200 about 200 acres of potatoes um and between about 50 different varieties so each of the sheds would have about 500 tons of tatties in them and we've got three sheds so oh, there's there's a lot of potatoes we won't know until we start harvest in a in a few weeks time so that's just your primary crop like. absolutely yes yeah. that's the sort of the mainstay of the the farming business and, and has been for the last 40 years. The garlic complements it. The garlicky company as a standalone business wouldn't work without the potatoes as well. So you and don't just, think you could make enough money just growing no, garlic? You no, know, if I was to no. start up a business tomorrow growing garlic, 
I would have to be thinking of think doing might, something might, else as you'd well. You'd have to do something else or do it really large scale mm. or yeah, or add in other, other crops with it. Well, and I think that's probably why we are still the only garlic farmers in Scotland because people often ask why why aren't there loads of people growing garlic? But it's not a natural thing to think of growing in our climate no. I think as well yeah, isn't it? You know we do true. have a kind of wet climate even we, though where well, you live yes. it's quite a, a mild climate compared to some parts of yes. Scotland. Yes because we're, we're sort of sheltered by the, the Corder Hills behind us so that protects us from the worst of the weather coming um, and obviously we don't have anything like the rainfall that they would have on the west coast. Um, in fact, when so the, the Canadian people that we emailed when we first were looking for, for garlic to, to try, because we'd had through the college, so this trial that we did initially, they supplied us with some seed um, that they had sourced from, um, they got some from, um, from the Isle of Wight who grow a lot of garlic down there. There was a Russian red and um, a couple of soft neck varieties, and I, I don't know where they got those from, and one hard neck garlic. So we grew, I think there was only about a quarter of an acre. It was all planted by hand. We weeded it by hand and we harvested it by hand. And then we did a sort of taste trial at the end to see which one we liked out of the, the garlic varieties. And the hard neck, I preferred the flavour. Um, I felt it had a much smoother, it's got a much sweeter flavour, doesn't have the bitterness that soft neck garlic can be quite hot sometimes. You know, when you, when you, if you would eat it raw, it would like be really nippy. quite quite nippy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the and the hard neck garlic doesn't have any of that sort of acrid, um, bitter aftertaste. So although yes, we say it's chic to reek, you're reeking of quite a nice garlic rather than that. You're, you're yeah, reeking it's a of sweet, sweet garlic. garlic. Yes, no, <laughs> so it's a sweet reek. Yes. So, we, so we were looking for varieties. And at that point, the, um, the college then, the trial had finished, and they let us go alone. Um, but um, I think they could see it wasn't going to be commercially viable to do on a big scale because it was very labour-intensive. So, so for the purposes of the, of the trial, it, it showed them that, yes, it will grow in Scotland, but it's not easy to do. Um, and I don't know, in our wisdom, we thought, well, let's just keep trying. We'll see if we can try and make it easier. And it certainly hasn't been easy, but we've carried on and we're still growing it nearly 20 years well, later. You're still the only still, grower of garlic in, 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 in the whole of yes, Scotland yes. and you're in the Highlands. So mm -hmm. it's extraordinary. Mm -hmm. But the season, as you've explained, you know, you, you were fitting this in around your potatoes. But when it comes to your garlic harvest, your season is quite short. Yes. So what yeah. do you do to supply the garlic market all, all year round? All year round. So end of July, we're hand pulling the first um, garlic. So the green garlic that you had the other week was just lifted by hand and we'll just peel it just to clean them up. And they look beautiful when they're when they're that fresh and they are still very soft the skins it makes them very very easy to peel the rest of the crop in order for it to store because otherwise it would go moldy we dry it so we've taken it all back to the farm and we put it into those big ton boxes and stack them up and we blast it with hot air so we've got these gas burners and fans that will keep the air circulating around because the boxes are full um, to the top mud and everything and we'll do that for a couple of weeks until the skins are quite nice and crispy and, and dry and the stem in the centre is also dry. Otherwise, if you haven't got it dried properly, it will go mouldy and it won't store. But the season, even though we've dried it, will only be about six months. We'll only sell it up till December um, because it will start to grow 
and the flavour profile will change and we only want to sell it when it's at its best. This is the thing with the hard neck garlic, although it, personally I feel the flavour is best, it disadvantages that it doesn't have such a long storage period. Soft neck garlic does store for longer. But, so we've sort of weighed that up that we've we've found, I feel that it's it's um it's worth having a shorter season of the Scottish garlic and then we have our well then we have our Patagonian purple. Yeah, so your yeah. your your own homegrown garlic mm-hmm. is a short season yeah. and that is your hard neck porcelain. Yeah. You then substitute the sort of so quietest months yes. with Patagonian purple. Yes, so it's the same very, very similar variety to our own, um, grown for us in Argentina. So they, being obviously the Southern Hemisphere, a complete opposite farming calendar. So they're harvesting in December. So just when our season is finished, they're starting. So it fills the gap um, and we sell that through from December until July. So you import their harvest, but sell it under the banner, the Really Garlicky Company. company. But Mm -hmm. it does look very similar Mm -hmm. because this porcelain hardneck garlic is actually kind of purpley as well. So that's when we were looking for another garlic I wanted it, it had to be as close to ours because we wanted to be able to offer our customers that are used to this garlic something that you know that they're, that they're used to and um, and we do obviously say on the label that it is grown in Argentina mm-hmm. um, it's been really garlicky approved so it's got our sort of seal of approval and it's in your little and really garlicky our, bags yes all in purple <laughs> as everything as you can see everything is purple which is my favorite color um and it just happens to complement the garlic it does it's so, quite handy so it's quite a useful <laughs> a useful design touch the garlic bulbs are in waitrose nationwide so they've got i don't know plus 150 plus stores all around the country the products that I make here in Nairn are some of them are in Waitrose, but only in their Scottish stores. They don't like to keep that just as a regional product. So the Ioli um, and um, the Easy Garlic, which is the frozen garlic puree, are in Edinburgh, Glasgow, Helensburgh, and Stirling. So just in the Scottish stores. Um, but the way we got into Waitrose, which was always because I think they're a, you know they're a great supermarket to to actually to deal with as as um, as supermarkets go, the um, the buyer um, had read an article that I'd won a competition, country living, rural. In fact, the the, po- the poster up there is the pictures from the magazine. So that was in two thousand and three. That's a young Jilly That's in the picture. Very, yeah. <laughs> Goodness, that looks like it almost looks like a nineteen fifties poster, it doesn't does. it? There's well, a real so sort of feel you see, about it. You see the the mixer in that photo is still mm. the same one as we're using downstairs, but the reason why that room is bright pink is because that was the girls' playroom. So my daughters were turfed out of the playroom. So this is back at the farmhouse where we've just come from, and I started off just in the kitchen. But then as you get bigger, you've got sort of. Um, um, sort of standards you've got to meet to the environmental health people came and said we you know it's it's a lovely image to be this farmhouse business but actually that can't happen so so we moved from the pink playroom <laughs> quite a throwback isn't it yeah so Ent- enterprising rural oh, women yeah. award i mean even yes. that sounds kind of almost 1950s as well it? Yes. <laughs> no, I'm you're a rural woman pinny <laughs> <laughs> Well, the buyer from Waitrose read that while she was sitting in her hairdressers waiting for an appointment and um, we got an email saying um, we would like to have a look at your garlic. So that's how 
that came about and that's how we we got into Waitrose and so that's ever, ever since then but they they like to have things that are are different and obviously we're you know it's, it's, it's unique um, yeah no, it certainly is unique and you mentioned there some of the products that you make mm. now I mean you you said earlier that you actually did a cookery course and that's in your background mm-hmm. it was Leith School of Cookery um, so that must have played a bit of a part in feeling confident about preparing products that you could then yes. put out on the market yes. with your garlic well we started um, going to the farmers market in Inverness it was actually at the time when the farmers market started and they were really quite popular at that time and 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 growing every month and so we went along with the gar- well we started going with the potatoes actually the first the first few months and it was actually soul destroying when you'd have people coming along saying oh I don't know can I carry four baking potatoes no I think it's just a bit too heavy I'll, I'll just take two and we some weeks we'd bring back almost as many tatties as we'd taken oh. and we so I thought well we've got to actually take something that's lighter that you can fit in your pocket and obviously garlic you could fit it in your pocket you probably wouldn't want to walk around all day with a bulb of garlic in your pocket but so it grew from there that you can't just go with one product you've got to really have other things to offer and make the table look pretty with baskets of of, of produ- produce um, and I thought well how do I get people to taste this garlic because I knew that there was something special about it because it does taste quite different so I thought, well let's make garlic bread everybody loves garlic bread um, so I got bread from our local bakery from Asher's Bakery here just along the road here and sliced it and mixed up garlic butter and squished it in, wrapped it in foil as you would make it at home and took it along and sold I think probably 20 loaves in that first week. Took a little oven, I had a, oh, a, so a little had aroma. Oven. Oh, so perfect. I think, this, I think this is probably my best marketing tool along with the purple, mm-hmm. definitely the smell is what brings people to to our stand wherever we're selling you it. You just need to sell the t-shirt, Chic Tariq. Chic Tariq, yes. And then yes, you're done. Exactly. <laughs> well, I always wanted to get Peter Kay, who loves, when he talks about garlic bread and he talks about it's the future, I always wanted to get Peter Kay to do an advert to say, garlic bread, it's taste sensation, and then <laughs> it's the future on the back of my t-shirt or something like that. <laughs> but maybe Imagine how can. many maybe millions. Maybe after this podcast, would, yeah. you'll get him. We'll share it with him. We'll share it, yes, exactly. <laughs> So, um, so we first of all went with went with the garlic bread, and then um, the range really evolved from there. So little pots of garlic butter was the, was the next thing, and then really I've anything that I can put garlic into that is easy for either for me to make here on my own at the unit um, that we're that we're at to the aioli, which is a lovely garlic may- mayonnaise. Yes, I've had that. It is delicious. So that's yeah. made with extra virgin olive oil and British free range eggs, and so it's got all the the best ingredients, and it's and it is delicious. So I can't survive a day without that. <laughs> and you're a one woman band when you're making um, all these products. Yes. And are you uh, in, in your little kitchen setup? Do you actually have to be there hands on, or do you have yes. a little conveyor belt system? Or? We are very much. It's very much hands on. Um, there's we're semi not really automated. I've got a machine that will squish out a measured amount of aioli into the pot. I say measured amount. I still weigh every pot to make sure that it's got the, the right amount in it. Um, but the lids are put on by hand. I stick the labels on by hand. Everything is. So how many pots of aioli could you make in a day? Um, so most Wednesdays I'll make between 200 and 250 pots of 
Ioli, depending on, on the orders. I make it fresh to order, so my orders come in on a Wednesday morning and then I'll get to And work. that's orders still coming in from Waitrose and Waitrose a few other and outlets? wholesalers, and then we supply um, shops locally, so there's a few farm shops, there's a lovely pick-your-own along the road west of Hardmere who sell all our products um, all year round. You know, again, keep it quite quite local um, for, my lo- for my own deliveries, and then the wholesaler that we supply distributes it throughout the rest of the, the country. So on a Wednesday you're making perhaps mm-hmm. two, 200, 250 pots of aioli, but when are you making the other products? So you have so, caramelised yes. onion. And these garlicky mini oat cakes. Oh. So this is where I then have partnered up with other people who, most of them have actually started off as customers. So um, McLean's Bakery in Forest make the little garlicky oat cakes for me. So I started off supplying them with garlic for putting into things that they were making and um, just had a conversation with Lewis McLean one day and said could you maybe make some oat cakes for me and he said yeah so I just deliver the garlic puree through to forests and they will come back packaged and labelled and ready for me to sell um, and the same with the caramelised onions it's um, like a like an onion marmalade but with lots of garlic and that's made by Mackay's in Arbroath who are um, better known for making lovely marmalade but they have a whole range of um, of products under Mrs Bridges brand and they have their own brands but again they were using our garlic in their products and so I've sort of flipped it around and asked could they make something for me so they make that so um, all these yeah. products actually have the really garlic company it's labels on all, them they've though. got the garlicky company labels but m- most importantly they contain the Scottish garlic as well right. so we don't use the Patagonian purple in any of the products everything has Scottish Mm -hmm. garlic and the way I can do that all year round is um, so you saw the garlic dried at the farm and some were beautiful looking bulbs and then there were some that really weren't quite so beautiful looking bulbs and smaller those we send away to a company down in Wales there's nobody in Scotland that can do this process but they will peel it and then crush it and pack it into 10 kilo buckets and freeze it. Don't add anything to it, so there's no additives so or preservatives. So they're the ones that create the puree? And they create the puree. So the puree mm-hmm. comes back, I'll get a, a couple of tonnes of garlic puree frozen, which I can then use to make the products all year round. And if we puree it as soon after harvest as possible, you're, you're locking in the, the fresh flavour, so the products will taste as good as if we were using these fresh bulbs now. Now why can only a company in Wales do the peeling? Are they doing it by hand? No, it's an air peeler. So you imagine how pressurised the air, to, you feel how firm that is. I can't imagine how so there's ferocious this blast. this blast of air to actually air peel the, wow. the cloves um, and, and then crush them. So it's very specialised pieces of equipment that, that do it um, and there are only three or four companies in the whole of the UK that have that have the specialist equipment for for garlic so um, so yeah so they're 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 really lovely people that we've known again for for years and years and we'll send the garlic down to them it's extraordinary to think of all these things that go into the products and just this 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 one little clove of garlic and the journey it goes on I mean you know your Patagonian one is coming all the way over here Mm -hmm. but being sold as a whole bushel of garlic Mm -hmm. and then you have your own hard neck porcelain is going through all sorts of processes but has to be 
minced into puree yes. down in Wales yes. before it goes into the products that you then produce but up it means here. that there's absolutely no wastage so every bulb counts so they're either the perfect ones go into the nets that get sold to Waitrose we'll grade out some um, various different sizes which we sell to uh, gardeners for growing so we have a lot at the moment I'm having a lot of inquiries from people who want to grow their own garlic either in their allotments or gardens so we will start sending out seed as we call it because it's it's been selected for its size um, in the next few weeks time uh, we'll be sending out garlic for, for planting and then the ones that are not perfectly pretty um, will get sent to be pureed and I can then make it into all these yummy things well, I mean, it sounds like it's a completely full-time business, but at the same time, you've got all the other things going on at the farm. So has this become more of your business, even though you are a husband yes. and wife team? Yes, I suppose Glenn grows the garlic, and then I do the marketing and the manufacturing. And um, But when it comes to the selling, we'll do that together at the, at the shows. We don't do the farmer's markets anymore. I used to go down to Edinburgh every other weekend, and it's just... It was, too difficult to, to juggle everything. You have two adult daughters that can do all the music festivals yes, for you as well. Yes, so we've just been at Belladrum um, last weekend and they sold, I think, 3,000 of our slices of garlic ciabatta, which they topped with mozzarella and fresh chopped tomatoes and balsamic. I'm and, really feeling oh, hungry. And it's, um, it's really popular. <laughs> I'm looking at these old cakes. Yes, yes well, we could open a packet. Oh, Would you like to try some? Oh, I've got chewing gum in my mouth. Oh, no. She's so rude. And there you are, eyeing the oat cakes, hoping. Oh, I'll have a Thank you. The oat cakes. Those oat cakes are lovely. They're delicious, aren't they? Mm. Mm. So they're not really strongly garlicky. No. The garlic comes through as a sort of secondary flavour so that when you mm. have it with a, a lovely mature cheddar, you're not totally obliterating the flavour of no. the cheese. I'll polish off half a packet at lunchtime. Do you? And you mm. So you'll polish off half a packet of those dipped in your own aioli. Mm. Well, you're a very good advert <laughs> for your own company. I'm going to try well, that so too. You are, so you're not sort of sick of the sight of eating garlic bread. Mm -mm. I mean, mm. We had it last night at dinner. I think I, I couldn't make something or sell something that I didn't enjoy eating myself. No, that's very true. Well, I hope that people begin to understand all the effort that's gone in behind the garlic that is sitting in little purple bags in Waitrose throughout the UK. There's a lot more to those little bushels than meets the eye. So, Gillian, thank you so much you. for sharing your garlicky story. Um, I'm actually I'm very happy to be maybe wearing a t-shirt saying <laughs> it's chic to read. <laughs> I'm a garlic fan. <laughs> what do you think Katie? Mm. I'm very happy to be reeking on the journey home now. Mm. That, well, that's very nice. <laughs> but the journey you've been on, mm. it's great. If 30 years ago when I was training as a cook and said you would be married to a garlic farmer living in the north of Scotland, Barley, yes, yeah. Sheep, maybe cattle, tatties, but yeah, garlic, a garlic farmer's wife, and that's what people who can't remember my name, which happens quite a lot, and I, they just call me Mrs. Garlic. 